I don't think anybody really knew what was going on until they saw people on the ground bleeding and heard people screaming and, and heard the commotion because you didn't know when you're in a bar like that, you, you really think that it's music. Traumatized and injured clubbers were held from the scene and taken to hospital for treatment. One mother received texts from her son who said they were trapped in the toilets and they feared they were going to die. Another mother was distraught trying to find out if her son was still alive. I don't know where my son is. No one can tell me where my son is. If he's been shot, if he's dead, no one knows. But they told me there are fatalities. Dozens of emergency vehicles attended outside, including the city's bomb squad and hazardous material team. Immediately following the attack, the gunman is reported to have barricaded himself into the club and taken hostages. The police performed a controlled explosion outside to distract him before he was shot dead. At a news conference, they said he appeared to be armed with an assault-type rifle, a handgun, and some sort of device. Do we consider this an act of terrorism? Absolutely. We are investigating this from all parties' perspective as an act of terrorism. Uh, Any time that we have potentially dozens of victims in any of our communities, uh, then I think we can qualify that as a, a terrorist activity. A major investigation is now being undertaken to determine the gunman's motives and whether he was acting alone. Jane Francis Kelly, BBC News. We live in a world of turmoil and strife. You need not watch the TV very long to figure out that there's turmoil all around us. Things happen daily that make us feel uncomfortable, that hurt us, that that bring concern to us. In Orlando in this one week, there was this shooting in which 50 people died. There was a a two-year-old child on a family vacation in the Disney Resort that was taken into the lagoon by an alligator that died during the course of that week. And there was a young woman who shortly after her concert, a bright and shining upcoming star that while signing autographs and welcoming fans was shot and killed. All in one week. All in one week. In one city. You spread that out over every city in our, in our great nation, and you, if you really accumulatively thought of everything that happens, it could drive you crazy with all the turmoil that's going on. And as a Christian and as people who live and, and, and walk in this world, do you ever catch yourself stepping back and wondering, where can I find peace? How can my mind reconcile all these things that are happening and going on? And so I chose to speak about this this morning because I think it's something that should be heavy on our hearts. Christians, Christians, friends with me who believe in Christ, fellow Christ followers, I wish that I could say that we had it figured out. That as Christians and those that follow Christ, I wish I could say that we have it perfect. We know where that peace can be found and we can escape from all this. But we can't. And I'll tell you how I know we can't. I know we can't because of Facebook. I know we can't because when I go on Facebook and I look at some of the ridiculous ways that Christians react to some of these events, I know deep down that we can't handle this turmoil. In church, we certainly can't handle this turmoil alone. 
And I want to let you in on something as bad as the world seems right now, as bad as everything that's going on and what we see in our news agencies. This is not the first time the world and God's people have been in this position. If you study the Old Testament, you see that God's people went in and out of turmoil all throughout their lives. Crazy turmoil. In your scriptures, I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 26. The prophet Isaiah in chapter 26. Isaiah is going to prophesy in this time, and it's a time that is very much like the time we're in now. God's people, God's people had hatred and discouragement all around them. The truth is that really no one that was around God's people at this time liked them. Nobody. The Assyrians wanted to to enslave them. The Babylonians wanted to enslave them. There was no one that really cared for God's people. Or what they believed in. And church, it's not it's that we're not we're not indifferent to that in this moment in time. It's very much like some of the things that we're encountering around us right now. Imagine that, that you, if you look to the north, if you look to the south, if you look to the east and you look to the west and you had no friends. And really, you know, if. You think about a country like Israel right now. That's that's the life they live every day. They live in a place of pure hatred in church. We're not too far from that right now ourselves. And if we're not careful, we're going to put ourselves even further. Because we're going to keep reacting to these events and looking for peace by our own means and our own way. And so I want to talk about that this morning. Turn with me again. We're going to be reading here from Isaiah 26. And what Isaiah 26 is, is it's a song the prophet wrote to celebrate God's deliverance from the persecution that was put upon God's people from the Assyrians and the Babylonians, the persecution and the trouble and the turmoil of their time. And Isaiah writes here a song that they're going to sing together in worship to God. Listen, listen to me as I read these words from you. Start in chapter one. And that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. God makes salvation its walls and ramparts. Open the gates that the righteous nation may enter. The nation that keeps faith. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust In you, this is the prophet speaking, trust in the Lord forever for the Lord. The Lord himself is the rock eternal. He humbles those who dwell on high. He lays the lofty city low. He levels it to the ground and casts it down to the dust. Feet trample it down the feet of the oppressed, the footsteps of the poor. The path of the righteous is level. You, the upright one, make the way of the righteous smooth. Yes, Lord, walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you. Your name and renown are the desires of our hearts. My soul yearns for you in the night. In the morning, my spirit longs for you. When your judgment come upon the earth, the people of the world 
learn righteousness. But when grace is shown to the wicked, they do not learn righteousness. Even in a land of uprightness, they go on doing evil. And do not regard the majesty of the Lord. Lord, your hand is lifted high, but they do not see it. Church, listen, what the prophet is writing here and what he's saying here is that in these moments where despair hits and there's and there's 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 just a a terrible environment of life going on around them, you turn to God. You turn to God at that deepest point and you have to hand those things to God. How do we deal with the unfortunate things like happened last week in Orlando? We better begin to hand it to God and hand it to God fully because we continue to turn to our politics and to our governments, our religions. We, we continue to turn to all these other things in hopes that somebody's going to solve that problem for us. And then we're disappointed when it doesn't happen. And our disappointment needs to be in ourselves and our unwillingness to truly turn to God. You say, you know, Tony, I I don't know what, what that means. Maybe we need some help with that. Well, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Because I think there's a difference in saying we give it to God and truly giving it to God. And church, please don't take offense to this, but there's a whole lot of actions that I see in our practices of worship, our dedication to fellowship and to prayer and to love that demonstrate that we're not all in all the time. And I know I'm adding you into a collective group, and if you're not if you're not there with me, that's okay. I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. But I think that a lot of us struggle with being all in all the time. And I want I want to just talk a little bit about that this morning, because you see, Isaiah 26 and verse three gives us the key to this to this morning's scripture reference. He says this review, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Next, can you put that up on the slide there? You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. If we want to look for perfect peace this morning, perfect peace, then our minds have to be steadfast on God. We we don't we don't look to others To help us relieve the anxieties and ills of this world. We look to God. In church, we've become a culture. And and, and I believe, I believe in mental health and I believe in, in, in our community services and all those things. But we have become a people that are either looking for a pill, a cop or a politician to solve our problems. And we're refusing at times to turn to God. And the means by which he gives us the battle. Look at what John 16 says. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Okay, so I'm going to back up from that for a minute. All of us together read, read with me starting at the word in. 
in this world, you will have trouble. Did you hear that, church? We're going to have trouble. Oh, my goodness. Fathers, we celebrate you today and 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 everybody's kind of said a piece about the dads. We've already said more than we said about the moms on Mother's Day, so I'm not saying no more. But dads, don't we know it's true that if we live out this life and we're the fathers that God wants us to be, we're going to have some troubles. I sat, sat with men this past week who are trying to be dads. They're trying to love their kids and love their families. And what I'll tell you is it's never ending. I'm, I'm looking forward to sending one to Nashville this fall. I'm one of those dads. I'm not going to mourn. I'm going to dance all the way back. But I'm also not so stupid to believe that my parenting ends at that point. There'll still be trouble. There'll still be strife. But what I hope that I'm able to do is hand him to God. You will have trouble, but take heart. Read with me, church. I have overcome the world. This world can't beat us. This world can't beat him. We belong to Him. You've heard that song. I belong to Jesus. I belong to Him. Right? Do you this morning? Have you truly given your life over to Him this morning? Because that's where you're going to find perfect peace, church. Turmoil is always present. Always with an S. I forgot my S. And I saw it the first service and then I got distracted. I didn't fix it. Turmoil is always present in this world. I've been I've been blessed enough to go different places in this world. And what I would tell you is, is the different places I've went, they have turmoil just like we do. Their turmoil is different. We have a mission team that that was blessed to get back from El Salvador late, late last night, early this morning. And they spent a week ministering to that country's turmoil, their poverty their lack of infrastructure. You know, we have we don't have great poverty. I know I know we don't want to believe that if you compare our impoverished people to our wealthy people, we have poverty. But our most impoverished people are rich as compared to those around this world. So it's hard for us to see. But I will tell you this. This is what I know about a broken world. A broken world takes God's blessings and they abuse them. Do you hear what I said? The characteristic of a truly broken world is it takes the blessings that come from God. And this morning, I'm going to tell you, we take God's peace that he offers us and we abuse it. And I want us to be careful about that, church, because we ought to be basking in that peace. We ought to be we ought to be smiling and enjoying and loving others out, out of that peace, out of the peace that we receive from that. And church, sometimes we're so broken ourselves that we can't love those outside. The only way the world will ever know perfect peace is to truly turn to God. And Isaiah understood this all the way back in his prophecy. There's two types of biblical peace that I want to give you this morning that I'm going to leave you with. But I want you to hear these two from this perspective. I want you to remember this. The only way you'll ever enjoy either one of these is in a true, deep relationship with God. Otherwise, you'll never enjoy the benefit of the the peace that comes in, in either of these ways that the Bible speaks of. 
And here they are. You ready? Get your pencils out. There's a peace from God. And there's a peace, the peace of God. Okay, there's the peace that comes from God. And there's the peace that we receive that is of God. Now, the first is having a relationship with God is striving to be in his presence. Every opportunity you get joy is not the absence of suffering. It's not. Joy is not the absence of suffering. It's the presence of God. In in fact, think about times in your life when you were suffering the most and you encountered God in that moment, how you felt. That's the most perfect peace you'll ever find. It's when God delivers that message. It's okay. You know, that time when you think you're broke and you've got nowhere to go and God intervenes and says, it's okay. It's that point when you're you're sick and you're unhealthy and you don't know where it's taking you. And God intervenes and says, no, you don't understand. It's okay." You know, Jesus has given us the opportunity to be in God's presence all the time. But the peace that comes from God, I want you to hear this church, is Jesus. It's Jesus. And until we grasp and engage the process of the salvation that comes to us through Jesus Christ until you are immersed in Jesus Christ, until you completely you're all in, you shove all the chips on the spiritual table and you say, God, I got nowhere else to go but you. And I realize I can't get to that place unless it's through your son, Jesus. And you're immersed in the Christ. You can't enjoy the next level of peace. Look at Romans Five in verse one. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through who our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. You know, church, there are now listen to me here because this is so very important. Faith, faith at its foundational level is believing with all your heart in Jesus Christ. It is With all your heart, giving your life to Jesus Christ. It's not just a statement that I believe. It's a statement and a step. It's a statement and a step forward in doing if you believe what you would believe to be right. It's knowing what the scripture says, knowing what Jesus saved us from. Look at Colossians 1 and 21. Once you were alienated from from God, alienated, you were an alien to God. God didn't know you. He couldn't identify with you. And you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. What did Jesus take care of was this alienation. There's no longer alienation between you and God when you put all your faith in Jesus. Jesus is the perfect peace. That comes from God. And when you give your life to that, when you submit your life to that and you're baptized into Christ, you receive the gift of perfect peace that is of God. And that's a peace of God, the Holy Spirit. God gives every believer this peace of him that helps bring peace to us in difficult in the difficult turmoil of life. 
Look at Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Church, we weren't created to worry. We were created to submit and follow. We weren't created to have anxiety and to be medicated and to be counseled by anyone or anything other than God. Now, you know me, I'm I'm a mental health guy. I know we need those things. I'm not I'm not declaring we don't need those things. But where they need to start and what they need to be founded in is a deeper relationship with God. When people are broke and they come to my office for counseling, where we start is my first statement is, where are you at with God? And I've had to learn that along the way. Because there was a while I sold out to the clinical side of mental health and I I wasn't perfectly aware of the foundational spiritual side of mental health. Isaiah 9, verse 6 Isaiah said this all the way back in the time of strife that God's people were in. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. You going to really worry about who we got to vote for? Because whoever it is is on the shoulders of God, church. And we better quit turning to those people, those people that couldn't tell a true story if they wanted to, and start putting our faith in God. We need to stop casting our cares on who we have to vote for and putting our time into praising the war and worshiping the one who loves us and created us. John 14, verse seven says this peace, I leave with you, my peace, my peace, I give you, I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The gospel writer in the book of John reminds us there is no there's no fear that we have to succumb to. That we can't give to God and we can't live through according to God's will. Church, um, we're God's people. And we need to quit navigating this world in fear and, and, and somehow beat down by the turmoil that's going on around us. I'm not I'm not saying we shouldn't feel bad. In fact, I think when when we have weeks like we've had this past week, probably what we all need to do is get together in this room at an appointed time, all of us as a family, and we just need to pray. And we just need to hand it over to God together. And we need to take each other by the hand and we need to walk through this world together all the way to the place that God promised. And we need to enjoy in that moment the perfect peace that only comes from God. We're going to sing together. Church, I, you know, I finished this story this morning right before I preached this sermon. I turn on the TV and there's this boy, 17 year old boy goes to the library. I'm, I'm hurrying here. He rented some books so he can read for the summer. He's on his way home on his bicycle, inner city kid right here on the east side of of Kansas City. And bam, truck hits him, knocks him off his bike, breaks his leg, breaks his jaw, breaks his nose. 
And here he's got his backpack and his books spread out all over the place. And there's these there's these children that are sitting with him. You know, I wish I could say they ran over and they comforted him and they picked him up. But you know what the boys did? They stole his backpack. They stole his cell phone and they stole his iPad and left him laying on the street. And I was angry. I was angry this morning before I preached this sermon. But I have to believe I'm going to give that to God. And I have to believe that God one day will work in the hearts of those boys. They'll come to know him. They'll give their life to him and they'll do something good with a really bad experience. That's the only way we deal is we just keep loving. This morning, if you want to love God, I want you to know that he loves you. If your life's not completely all in, if you haven't slid the chips across the table and said, God, I'm all in. Right now is the opportunity to do it. Don't walk any longer half, you know, one leg in and one leg out. The only thing you do there is trip and fall. Get all the way in. Come into the water. Let's swim together. Let's enjoy God's peace. Let's stand and sing together.